0: Hi, my name's Kim Cole and I'm your host of Real 510. Our podcast is dedicated to the stories of real buyers and real sellers in the East Bay residential housing environment in Northern California. Finding a solid investment to grow one half to several million dollars is a strategic and calculative exercise of wisdom and intuition. Now, mix in the emotional meaning of home, your safety, your shelter, your memories. The task is daunting. The influences are great, and there's no proven instruction manual. Join us as we explore the process, the challenges, and the triumphs of those who have successfully navigated the storm. Welcome to Real 510. Hi, my name's Kim Cole, and I am here with Vanya Kong and Tom Kutz, and I'm very excited to introduce them to Real 510. They um, have been wonderful clients. We've had a relationship that lasted probably a little bit longer than any of us anticipated on the client end, and, and consequently, good friends. Or I certainly consider them good friends. Um, but I'm going to introduce um, Vanya and Tom and let them tell you a little bit about
1: themselves.
0: Tell our audience a little bit about you.
1: Well, I'm Tom and I've been here in the Bay Area for about 15 years now. So, it's been ever since college and kind of just got myself stuck in the area and fell in love with the, the area. and. Wanted to just continue living here and found a job and uh, enjoy every bit of it that I've, got, I've experienced so far. So,
2: not a
0: bad place to get
1: stuck. Yeah, <laughs> can't complain.
2: And um, um, I'm a Bay Area native, born in San Jose, raised in Sunnyvale. Um, And then I made my way to East Bay, Oakland, um, due to a job offer probably around like seven, eight years ago. And then um, I'm an art director, um, so Kim, coming from a creative background, um, and met Tom and got married just uh, last, uh, less than uh, six months ago. Um, so during this whole process, Yes, yes, yes.
0: And so. more about that later. That's kind of <laughs> interesting. And Tom, you're in the insurance business.
1: Yeah, so I've got a few years of insurance business of auto, fire um, homeowners and uh, special investigative unit as well. So um, that definitely came into play in the home buying experience.
0: I think so. I definitely think so. So, you know, I was thinking, what is this show about? And I really feel like this show is about staying present with your decisions, um, continuing your journey, adjusting as needed, and investigating to ensure your path makes sense. And um, I really felt like you were both very focused about buying a home, but I realized I didn't come in on the very beginning of this process so tell me a little bit about that what triggered you looking for a home you were by the way not living together when i met you certainly not married and um i met you before you purchased a brand new home so where did this all really start uh
1: i guess it started with my want to buy a home in the bay area since i have lived here for a bit and um I had always kind of looked at listings and so forth. It was kind of like a hobby and so forth. I was like, I might as well try to get something that I can and always found it was very difficult to come up either with a down payment or you know so forth like that. So trying to find something within my budget was always a challenge, but just knew it would be one of those long-term goals of just making sure that I could get something in the area as well. But uh, I guess it seems like in the Bay Area, you have to have two working folks to be able to afford something here. Yeah. So um, I, I think it was my kind of passion to try to pursue that, and when I met Vanya as well, and kind of being able to join forces eventually.
2: Eventually, actually, <laughs> I just, actually, no, no, actually
1: this is true that Tom story.
2: wanted this, and this was always his goal, and this was not mine when we first met. Um, I had things called student loans to pay off. I had, you know, I had finished paying an offer, and I wanted a couple of years where there was debt-free going on. And I never really knew what that felt like. So I was like, this would be a great opportunity. And Tom was like, I want to buy a house. And I was like, I don't really want to be a part of that financially. But, um, you know, so I think what happened was I was entertaining the idea. Obviously, we were... um, in it for the long run as far as relationship goes and so he was ready to financially commit and I was just ready to emotionally support and so I think what we did was we just if I remember correctly before we met you was um, we searched for homes together we we knew we wanted to you know eventually get married Um, and so obviously this had to be a place that we both wanted Um, but financially this was all him So, I think what ended up happening was then we came across the condo, and that's where we met you.
1: Well, I think before the condo, we had been looking Mm -hmm. as well, and we were at a point where we had made Mm -hmm. offers and so forth, and just weren't at the right point or the right price point for what we wanted. So, we were actually taking a step back, and just happened to be that I was walking around the neighborhood, and saw the banner for Wardenclyffe and you guys had an open house at the uh at Novel Brewery and, started oh, by that's, and right. that's what it sparked like oh we hadn't really thought or considered a new build for a condo right
0: and right found and out just that. just to kind of clue the audience in so this was a was it is still a new development um that's being built in oh. um in oakland kind of where oakland emeryville and berkeley all collide and it uh, you don't see much new home development in oakland at all and this was a very very unusual project and so we did like a pre-sale type of um, introductory meeting at a nearby brewery really cool brewery and that's how you kind of stumbled upon this yep that's right wild so you weren't that wasn't a
1: direction you were going you weren't we were we were just we were about to be stepping out, but okay. we were always looking, but not intensely looking.
0: All right. And then I remember you saying to me later that you had friends that had bought a brand new home, and you thought, "Wow, this might be a really good investment idea."
1: Yeah, Vanya mm-hmm. had a coworker that had bought a new build that was in Alameda. Mm-hmm. And
2: yeah, and she was she was really encouraged me to. Do a new build because, uh, especially at pre sale, she also got hers at pre sale. And just watching what a great investment that was um, and how fast that turned around, it was like, all right, you know, we can we can do this. And because I think initially we were always open to a condo, um, and especially since it was in such a great area. And uh, I mean, there were just so many pluses uh, that this project offered. It was our first, first opportunity
0: that was your first opportunity and you were in escrow and I'm going to kind of fast forward this because I think you've got even more interesting things to talk about but um the building process is anybody who has uh, gotten involved in new home development new properties that are being built in Oakland over the last few years it's been very very difficult it's gone very very slowly and um was the case of you guys. I mean, you were starting to have life changes. You ended up living together, you ended up then getting married. I was afraid like your family was going to start expanding and we were still gonna be an escrow on your studio that you bought, right? Anyway, so when did you decide, okay, this isn't making sense anymore. I can't wait for this escrow to close. I need to, to change paths.
2: I think one of the things was the, as you mentioned, life change. So the getting married part, all of a sudden, my mentality from before we were engaged, um, where I said I was just mentally supporting, was like, okay, now I can financially support this, and that kind of changed our budget. It opened um, new opportunities, and um, and also the fact that we didn't, we've been living, we had been living with our items in storage for probably about a year, um, or close to a year. Um, Tom had mentioned van life. We had actually taken a, 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 a three month trip. And so, um, all of our stuff had been in storage. And so just, um, that kind of life I was, re- and then getting married, we were ready to, like, unpack and, and start living a life together. And this was kind of holding, the condo development was kind of holding that for us. It was kind um, of holding up your life. Yeah. Of moving forward. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Like, I just, um, I mean, I had paid the photographer our wedding pictures, and I can't even put them up because I don't know what size to print them at. Um, <laughs> so it was one of those things where it's like normal, you know, experiences after a wedding. We weren't having those. And so I was wanting to, I think... Um, at this point, I was like, well, that's why I, I jumped and tried to, I wanted to ask, like, what's our possibility at this point? Because um, I wanted to know, are we are we stuck with the condo choice that we made? And right. that's when we came to you and was like, okay, what can we do? And
0: we were able to undo, to yes. start, start a different path. But I think that's why, I guess, I look at the idea that you stayed present I and mean, you're your overall goal was was still there, right? And you stayed present with what your, what your needs were, but you adjusted to what your changing needs were. So then how did you come up with your new criteria? Because we looked at, once we realized that, okay, we can undo the sale that you were in without penalty, and you could move on and and look for a new home then i mean it's like wow you were way over here to the left and now you're way over here to yeah. the right what how did you come up with that criteria
1: yeah and i think the one that we actually settled on was still outside of our it was totally outside of it. range yeah. of areas that yeah. we were looking as well so i i still think it was what was first in our budget and, and maintaining looking within our budget um two was if we could have still you know like a two bedroom and then one or one and a half baths but we always had kind of a list of checkpoints of pros and cons that we wanted to make sure that we stayed with within and um it can be frustrating to be like oh this is so close to exactly what you want but not there and you know it's a hard decision as to what compromises you want to make so i think we did have like some hard requirements, another column of wants, and another of like just being pluses if you had them as well. So being able to stay within those um, was there. Uh, and that's just more like the structure and, and you know, uh, of what the house was, but then the neighborhoods mm-hmm. and the amenities that we're looking at. So those were definitely um, high on the priority, you know, walking to various areas or Being in, you know, close to public transportation, since being had to go to the city and find a way there, for me that was a little less since I worked from home. Um, So having the geographical area was pretty big, but we were pretty open to various neighborhoods and being either areas where it might be redeveloped or up and coming or established as well. So um, that was very flexible for us, but we were pretty rigid on the ones that were definite like half-to-haves that we, we stayed within them.
0: Which were like the bedroom bath counts, uh...
1: The square footage, um, having something for the cars, carport or mm-hmm. garage. street um, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, uh, how close it was to restaurants. We like to go out to eat. And so, uh, being able to be close to those type of amenities. Um, Another big one was the public transportation, either casual carpool, bar, uh, or even the bus. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, those those are a few though.
2: Yeah, things that were like on our maybe was like a yard, Um, we have a dog, but then The area that we are now in is like a very um it's where it's flexible because the neighborhood is very walkable there's not i mean there's some cars but it's not like a busy street so considering a yard for our dog it's like well we can we can work with that because we can take him on hikes versus more in the city we would actually want more of a yard for him to run around with so that's where we were like flexible i think um but as tom mentioned like some really hardcore like we're not willing to budge and then some like okay we can we can make this work Um, I think in this area, you have to, (laughs) you have to have, um, you know, flexibility, Um, even the place that we ended up with, as you know, when we first walked in, I was like, I don't know about this one because I, and then you kind of have to feel it out and, and be flexible. So
0: I have to say, then you kind of blew my mind, like (laughs) for a designer, right? When you think of a designer, a designer typically has a reputation of being less detail-oriented, a little more dreamy, um, creative people, you know, like Van Gogh. (laughs) Like actors and actresses and writers, and you, I'm sure, have a lot of those qualities in terms of being creative, but you are precise and detailed and calculative. And I found that When you were looking at properties, you would say, well, yeah, that's my criteria for this. But once you bump into this range, that criteria goes away. I want this, this, and this if you're going to be here, right? Like you, there was always kind of a balance and um, like you were thinking it through. You were calculating (laughs) on pretty much every deal. Am I wrong?
2: No, no, no. You're you're pretty accurate in my personality and it's hilarious that, you know, that, I, I, I mean, it makes sense that something's such an important decision that we make that my personality would come out, but, um, if you, if you ever done like a personality test, like what is that called, um, um like the Myers-Briggs, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually came up as a scientist, yeah. not, not artist, <laughs> I so... <laughs> testify that may be a very accurate, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so, so I was like, oh, I should have been a scientist, um, so there's definitely traits of, um, my organizations and skills, but I think that, um, a lot of it has also come just life experiences. Like, um, I know, like, reading disclosures, I'm always, um, you know, I, I try to do my due diligence with that. And I always make sure, like, I ask you questions and and um, to make sure that, you know, all my questions were answered. I, I think it's important to... to for everyone to make sure like you know what you're getting into this this, this isn't like buying a bike or a bed right this is literally you know if you take it seriously it's something that um, uh, I don't know it was like going to pick my college I remember my mom saying to me like when I asked for her co-sign her you know I'm like mom can I go to this college I need you to co-sign she like she'd be like are you sure and -hmm. it's like she looked me dead in the eye and was like I am putting my basically my financial life on this line for you and like are you going to make sure you pay it all off um, and I was like yeah because this is what I want to do this is like well, I want to go to an art college and she was like alright if this is what you want you know I'll support you on it and I think that put a lot of um, you know responsibility on onto you know a decision that was being made it wasn't sure. a big de- a small decision so I think it was kind of very similar when you buy a house you know um, make sure that you know you Do you what you're getting into? Mm-hmm. It's it's a yeah. You were
0: very early on. You were very um, thorough yeah. in looking at disclosures before before you would really consider the home, even like you you guys combed through disclosures on any property. I mean, I guess you would lightly um, be interested in it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, and I think. Um, when we got to a point that we actually look at the disclosures yeah um there's a lot of other things that we may have been able to see already to do so like you got a lot of information online to show you what the house is see the interior and things like that so you, you know that it may fit like your your core requirements that you want for it and then now this is like kind of the, the nitty-gritty of okay is this really what are you going to be getting into you know some of the things that you might not realize were there when you first walked through it, when you kind of fell in love with, you know, a certain house or so forth. So um, just doing that was helpful just to be comfortable with the, you know, the big decision that you're making and what you're getting into as well. So I think we we kind of did that when we did settle on the house that we did and kind of made a budget as to what type of things we were going to be getting into as well.
2: Right, right. I think that we're, so Tom and I are, are like in our mid to late thirties and we're lucky in a sense that most of our, a lot of our friends have made home purchases um, before us and seeing what they've had to deal with, you know, and seeing that a home purchase can be a, a, a lot of work after you purchase you know it's not not it's not always going to be this perfect uh smooth road and it's almost like we call it adulting
1: it was (laughs) really
2: it's a really big decision to make especially if it's not um there's some work to do so I remember one time I went I mean we looked at a lot of different houses and I remember one time I went straight to the the disclosure folder and I just went straight to the back or the actual, you know, item one, item two. and so I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want to talk to the salesperson because he likes to, you know, be all, you know, like what's going on? Uh, How was your tell day? Tell you all the
0: fluffy yeah. things. Yeah,
2: and this is probably my fourth house of the day. I'm tired, and I was just kind of like, I just want to know what's wrong with this house. Can you just tell me what's wrong? Because I love it already. But what is it that I actually have to do to fix it? Yeah. Because in the end, you—that's what you have do um to enjoy this house and so i remember his comment was like wow you've obviously already done this a lot and i'm like yes but so have you so (laughs) let's let's, you know it's it's uh it's i i I think that i am i i just wanted to be honest um to some people that um you know get into the nitty-gritty know know what you know is is asked of you of this house it's like, it's like a relationship finding the right house finding the right husband finding the right boyfriend finding the right oh, job uh, oh absolutely it's like yeah. are you willing to do uh work on this part of the house or not like um and it's from it's different from person to person like what you're willing to commit to what different house you're commit willing to commit to so
0: so when you're when you're looking for a husband, you should ask yourself <laughs> that question: Are you really going to put the work in? To right, way? <laughs> <like. laughs>
2: no, it's sure. <true. laughs>
0: I don't disagree with you at all. I think that most buyers don't know how to look at disclosures. I think it's daunting, right? I mean, you you get this file that's like. I don't know, sometimes 15, maybe even more documents in that file, and you go, whoa, I haven't I haven't looked at this much information since I was in school, and I had, like, whole term to do that, right? And you have to kind of pick and uh, choose through that, or as you guys did, I mean, you read every single piece of that and made sure you understood it, right? I mean, am I wrong about
1: that? Yeah, for the most part, it was... Uh, when we decided that we're putting in a bid on a place, we're like, okay, let's go through all these disclosures and make sure it's what we want, you know, right. or see what we're getting into.
2: And, and also, like, we have agents represent you represented us, and mm-hmm. at the same time, the seller has the agent representing that. And they're there for a reason. You know, they're there to give the information of, of, of request, you know, and if we don't request information or ask questions, that's not their Fault. that's that's on our responsibility to ask and they have that information so I think honestly it's it's as we call the session due diligence it's our due diligence to get as much information as possible because otherwise it goes away
0: well it's sort of interesting you say that because I think that um, an agent's perspective a lot of time is that you're hiring them to kind of cut through all of this and get to the chase on it, like these are what the important things are. And I wonder sometimes if the agent is really doing that to their best ability. I think some are, absolutely, you know, I mean, I think agents are all over the place in terms of their skill level and their experience, etc. But I think you get a little callous maybe in the industry when you've represented properties for so many years. And so you feel like you can glaze through some things and these are the things that are really important. And I, um, myself, for example, I mean, if somebody was to say, what should I really look at in the disclosure package? I would say, you want to look at the budget, you know, in the case of condos, you want to look at the budget, you want to look at the meeting minutes, you want to look at all the seller's disclosures. You definitely want to look at the reports. But you know, I glaze over some of the things that I think aren't quite as important. Um, now, hopefully, that's the right thing. But all those reports are in there for a reason. All those documents are in there for a reason, and I, I think that you you guys were a great reminder that each one of those documents needs to be reviewed, and you need to understand
1: it. And I. I do have to say thank you for always answering the questions that would come after we went through going through a disclosure and sending a nice long email to you and if you didn't have the answer right there you were able to take the time and find it and be resourceful for us so it was uh, definitely uh, comforting to know that you know we have an agent that is able to to do that for you as well
0: well I think you made it easier to be a good agent by asking smart questions questions, you know, and and really caring. Because I mean, frankly, I think a lot of people just they don't know to care that much about all of that. And and it's really important, really, really important. So, I mean, you went from when we first met buying a brand new home, what would be a perfect home. I mean, nothing is perfect, but you know, all the warranties that are in place, all of the responsibility that's put upon the city, the county, the developer, the, I guess those are the main agencies involved. I mean, they're going to produce just by definition what should be a defect-free home, right? And it's brand new materials and it's to the city's um, most current building codes and all of those things. Well, then, like, fast forward, you go from being in that situation to buying a home that is not at all perfect like how did that go how did you do that mental adjustment
1: um well i uh, i guess for meeting you that it kind of was the opposite it's like how do we go from looking at potentially effects are upper to going to a brand new one and not having to worry about so many things and being like okay it's there warranty it's brand new construction warranty and and so forth like that and um so i think that switch was was like oh that's available and it just broadens like what avail knowing what's available um, for you and but then going back from the warranty that were with a new purchase to kind of a fixer-upper um it's like well okay we're gonna have to kind of consider knowing that you're going to have a budget for maintenance you know and kind of kind of saw that as you know the HOA that may be associated with a condo that might not be able to take care of that maintenance you have to save that for yourself to put into that maintenance for your home that you know you're going to have to be dealing with and going from the disclosures that's kind of the first thing that you're going to have as your priority on your maintenance that's going to be coming for the home so it was a bit of a change um but i don't it wasn't too big of a transition that we had to do but it was an adjustment and kind of changing your budget and 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 where your priorities were going to land
2: i I also would add um two two things that as you mentioned kim um it was a pretty great scenario that we were having to we're choosing to leave behind like brand new everything um and um i think that actually raised our standard Before, So it really was um, anything that we saw um, when we did our house search with you had to almost be better than the condo. Actually, it had to be better than the condo. It couldn't be like, oh, this was worse because thankfully we um, had that to fall back on. So even though it was a house that needed um, adjustments or fixes, it had to have the benefits of um, uh, that we saw that were better. So that was the I think that would be the the uh, the benefit of having to switch from a brand new yeah. to something. Um, I would also say that I, I credit one of my friends who told me when we house buy to find a ho- if you're gonna find a house search or you know when you eventually choose you're never going to find the perfect brand-new home unless it is a new built. And if that's the case, find a house that you can live in while you're fixing things. So mm-hmm. an example would be, you know, the foundation. If you buy a house that, you know, needs a new foundation, better realize that you're not going to be living in it while they need, that, need to fix it. So things like that where we were choosing houses where um, – Sure, it needed fixing, but I could live in here, and I could live comfortably in here. Right. So there was that um, question of, in the end, after it was fixed, would it then put us in a better place than the condo? Um, So, um, yes, there was a mental adjustment again, but again, it it did raise the standard, um, since we went from a perfect condo to... Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, Dan, yeah, I think... um, So that kind of leads to the next idea, which I like can't wait to get into because when you were going through the process you said something that made me immediately go we really need to get these guys on a podcast so you can talk about this because well first of all we had the we had the benefit of putting some contingencies in your contract right so you found a home that you did reasonable, um, diligence and looking at the disclosures and such. You liked many things about the home. They, they worked well for you and it was in a completely different area, completely different direction than you were at, but it all kind of clicked and it, it, um, and it was at a price point that you didn't expect in that area. So that was sort of neat, right? But we were, Able to put in an inspection contingency such that you kind of had a get out of jail free card if you found things that you didn't, that were concerning in the investigation. Which incidentally is the way that people used to always buy homes. I mean, that really is something that just in the last, I would say, five or six years has kind of gone away. People are putting in non-contingent offers all the time now. And um, that, that didn't used to be, you know, you, you just didn't make an offer unless you had the time to do certain inspections yourself and such. But listing agents didn't used to get all these ins- uh, inspections. They didn't get a, pest inspection, they didn't get a foundation inspection, a roof inspection, etc., because the buyer would do that. But in the kind of the frenzy of being such a seller's market agents wanted people to be able to submit offers without any contingencies, so that created putting together this great package of all these reports ahead of time so that they could could attract non-contingent offers well fortunately there is a little bit of shift in the market right now where people are starting to be able to put in some offers with reasonable contingencies and the sellers aren't afraid of that this the listing agents aren't afraid of that and the buyers feel a whole lot better well i don't know i felt like that was a huge 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 thing right that made this possible
1: yeah yeah i think uh and all the, other, I mean, we had we'd done a couple of offers with you, and they were even non-digit offers because, as you mentioned, they were pretty thorough packages that the sellers had put together.
0: They were, the, yeah, they put yeah. together really professional, very, and a lot of times inspectors that I knew, I knew they had a great re- reputation. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, like in in this one, I mean, it was it was thorough in regards to it touched all of the areas that we wanted, but. I guess just because we had been looking for so long and seen so many different disclosures, or like normally we would see this along with it, or you know, an additional thing it's like, okay, an inspection says this but refers it to an expert, this and refers it to an expert. So it was like in the more thorough ones, you would see that expert's opinion as well. So in this one we kinda had we knew it was something we liked, but we just felt like just wasn't enough information for us to make that decision right so being able to say okay look it, it is kind of an open-ended thing here we need to kind of close that loop and get you know a couple more of our inspectors and put it on the buyer side and i think that that was some leverage that we could bring to the table To be like okay let's be able to have an inspection contingency and then we had i think five days on it that we put on a friday and then found out that PG&E shut down the power for two days, uh, so
0: it was kind of na Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> and we wanted to have an electrician come in to look at a place that had no power. Um, it, it, yeah, that was uh, that was another monkey wrench that kind of went into the whole thing. But um, yet to adjust to it. It's like okay, we have now two days really to look at it with power and see what needs to be done and make sure that what it turned out or see what that. Inspection turned out, and if it was something we wanted to move forward with, so
0: I have to say that was teamwork, and we all mm-hmm. rallied. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, trying it, to find because we had a roof inspection, we had a new inspector, we had, a, um, engineer come, had an engineer come, an engineer, engineer, floor,
1: electrician. Uh, we had Anthony come out for floor, right
0: guy, um,
1: which you got to say he did a great job. Yeah, floor is fixed. Oh, cool. No more bump. Oh, very cool. Um, which is awesome.
2: I also um, also want to credit you, Kim, for helping us with adding that contingency because, in the end, it was so, so, so worth it. Um, everything that we so far, I mean, hopefully there's no other new surprises, but till now, I mean, it's been a couple months or, I don't know. Um, Two months. Yeah, it feels like a couple months. There have been no surprises so far because yeah. of our contingencies and because, you know, we were asking people, I mean, a slight surprises like what one person thought the problem was this, and it really was something else. But okay, you know, in the end, I think the biggest surprise is you don't want to end up paying out of pocket something that you didn't think you were going to have to pay um, um, when you made the purchase. So, anything that you can do to prepare you for a big bill or a big need to fix something before you purchase is, is really in the best. Of your interest, so I can't believe. I mean, I know we put no contingency offers, but I can't believe that people um, do that without no know, like knowing what is ahead of them. It's such a, a huge, huge risk, and um, I know before that. Well, I mean you had to do that to in order to really get a house. You know, we've got things being so competitive. Yeah. 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 And so um but we're we're super grateful for having that ability to um have that inspection. Um and I would say, you know, um if if the market is is willing, which is if it is now, definitely put it in. If you can. and yeah. yeah yeah or if there's
0: anything you have doubt about yes. I You know when you were looking through those disclosures when i was looking through those disclosures we had some concern about Mm -hmm. the way the reports were written there just were some things that didn't feel right yeah right um or like you say tom they just they kind of put off a lot of parts of it said well this requires further inspection well okay well then that's what we have to do is further inspect it what i found alarming through the eyes of my clients was when you started calling people the inspectors right which mm-hmm. is which is a huge recommendation that I always make is pick up the phone and call that inspector and just kind of get a gut check of what does he think of the home what does he think about the construction of the home what does he how did he come to this conclusion or what have you and Vanya I won't ever forget you saying oh my god Kim you can't believe you can't believe what he said do you remember that
2: yeah it was the home inspector or I called both the pest inspector and the home inspector because I was like what do you mean on the report when you say this and that and um yeah it's it's definitely worth to talk about because you're making decisions based on these people's reports and sometimes you just want to know like well can you clarify a little bit about this? Because we're basing a home purchase on your professional opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you mean? Let me know. And I'm grateful that they are willing to do that. Because you. until you mentioned, like, pick up the phone and call them, I didn't think we could do that, you know? Um, so, yeah. You did a good job.
0: You did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I remember really specifically an inspector saying, well, well, no, we've never put that because
2: I work for the seller,
0: right? Oh, yes. I mean, that was pretty yes. scary.
2: Yes, it was. Um, I don't know, if, uh, but, yeah, the normally on um, when you get a disclosure, you have a dollar amount or the recommended dollar amount, you know, so it's going to cost you $5 to fix that, you know, giving a number. And in this particular instance, it was $0. And I was like, well, how can it be $0? And why did you put 0 if it's not a big deal? And, yeah, that's when he was saying, well, I can't. I can't say nothing, but I'm on the seller's side. So I have to put that that's my way. And I was like, what? Yeah. So that's when we then called in um, our own expertise. Um, our, we found an engineer and, you know, really wanted to know what was going on. So um, side note. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. That, that was really interesting. And, and just so the audience, our listeners understand – that's not normal. Like, the, the inspectors have um, a fiduciary obligation to uh, give a good report. I, I should say it's not a fiduciary relationship. It's um, they have to give an unbiased report. And their license is is connected with that. Um, they're liable for what they put in their report. So that was just... Not the best inspector, unfortunately.
2: So what was the biggest surprise? So as you know, Kim, we had like, I don't know how many offers before this one. It's three or four. Yeah. I really, really thought that we would get the one before this one. Like we were, I you were in uh, conversations with the seller's agent. You were reporting back to us saying like, we feel good about it. Oh, yeah. We feel good. And then, yeah. and then you called and said we didn't get it. And I think that... That really just like flattened like oh my gosh we're never gonna get a house and so when this one came about it was like oh my gosh we actually got it (laughs) (laughs) like I really didn't I mean between the two I really thought the previous one we would get that one and I I think we just threw in whatever we were just kind of like going through the process and gotta always try the best and but I didn't expect to get it that's a pretty big surprise yeah. yeah, what do you think? Tell yeah,
1: me. no, the, the way we kind of went into it, it just, like, it went so fast versus the other ones. We were kind of very methodical about, and this was, like, our our fastest in and out type of choice. So um, to see that we got it on the one that we moved the fastest on was uh, very surprising. Um, Hopefully
0: a good surprise.
1: Oh, yeah, it was a good surprise, for sure. Uh, for sure. And I think it... If we hadn't gotten that one since we were going to be going out of town for our honeymoon, oh, yeah. we were going to be taking out of the break yeah. on different yeah. places. So yeah. it yeah. was our, our last effort for yeah. basically the, the year.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> How long? I mean, did you kind of measure, like, when did this start and when did it end? It might have been over
2: two years. I think we started, oh. like... I remember we looked at the very, 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 very first house in December also, but maybe that was two years ago. Wow. 2017. I'm not quite sure, but... Um, 16. No. That oh, 17. Yeah, yeah. 17. Um, but we took a lot of breaks, you know, because you get you get so emotionally entangled in, in the house, um, open houses all the time, and it's really tiring. And I think we've taken, you know, many breaks and then come back and whatnot and I remember talking to other um, couple friends and they also did the same thing they um, took a break and came back and it's so don't be discouraged you know it's one of those things where timing it's just happens or it doesn't and it's it's not something to expect to happen within three months Um, I mean it happened three months for us but after almost over a year of searching
0: oh and I just think that you ended up with such a good at the end. I mean, I know that there's still things that you're doing repairs to make it perfect or make it um, more comfortable. But it's uh, what what a great what a great space. What was so you did all of this investigating, and really there are quite, there's quite a few things that you knew going into it or closing escrow that you're going to need to do there, and. Now that you're in and settled, and what's the biggest relief
2: that Kim added our home warranty into the contract? That wasn't something that um, was on the forefront of our mind because we were like, Oh, you know, we researched, we we added, uh, we asked experts to come in, we've got it covered. No, there is always, always something that pops up, and um, within the first, what, couple weeks of using our dishwasher. Um, I heard a, I was like, what is that noise? It, looks like it's, yeah. it sounds like it's raining outside. It's not raining. <laughs> and water was flowing out of our house. Oh, my god! And we immediately ran back in and turned off the dishwasher. And I, put, I called, I made a claim, like, midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. I don't even know what time it was. And then um, they were like, yeah, we'll send somebody out. And they fixed it. And it was like, thank
0: you, Kim. (laughs) That is awesome. You know, that is something really worth mentioning because um, that's another thing that some realtors really believe in it. Some don't. Um, Some, you know, sellers just willingly offer that. Some don't. Buyers always like to have it, but it's not at the top of their list usually. I, um, in, in our brokerage, we actually that's mandatory that somebody has bought that warranty on a property. I've just seen too many times where people move in and all of a sudden the garbage disposal doesn't work, the washer dryer goes out, Uh, you know, something happens with the plumbing. I don't know what it is, if it's that the house has been empty for a certain period of time and now it's, now people are using it again, I don't know why. It happens, but it's like Murphy's law, and right.
1: um, and it's yeah. like that gap. It's the, that gap between your home insurance that you do buy, and you know your home insurance will pay for the resulting damage, but it doesn't pay for the part that breaks. It's so true. that home warranty yeah. pays for that part that breaks, and it it's that gap. It fills that gap. So uh, we're definitely grateful that we didn't have that put into the the contract. Awesome! I'm so glad! I'm so glad!
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we're um, we like usual. I've just talked. This time away. Um, <laughs> so I um, kind of want to wrap it up. But I wanted to see if you guys could share, like if there was just one thing that you, one idea, something maybe you haven't shared already, that you'd like to leave our audience with, um, one important piece of advice with regards to buying
1: a home, what would it be? Be patient. Uh, I think uh, be patient and, you know, be diligent about it, um, kind of stick to what you want, and make sure everything kind of fits what you need and what you're looking for, and um, you'll find it, uh, just have to be patient about it.
2: I would also add, like, financially, a lot of times we make we were making our decision of, like, what can we do now, or, like, what is, I mean, obviously, you know, make the, the cushions around whatever um, uh, you can afford, but at the same time, life changes, um, and thankfully I kind of had, um, um, a hunch that, you know, a, a new job might be coming around the horizon, but even if that wasn't to happen or what, and that changed and I say that because it changed our financial situation, but, um, a lot of, another friend had, had given me this advice where it's like in a year or two, what if a kid comes and a year or two, maybe you need a new car, you know? So, uh, to be flexible with um to to make the right financial decisions but also not to be tied into uh right now like what is the situation right now um to know that in a year things could all change and so still be flexible still make responsible financial decisions for that change um i mean it's hard because you're locking into something that could be like 30 years at least that's what the loan says you know how do you how do you make financial decisions that are based around thirty years when so many things could possibly change that, um, and so, most likely will. Statistically. Yeah, yeah, correct. Um, so uh, understanding of that scenario, flexibility, um, and um, I needed this this advice not to be so stubborn into this one <laughs> current um, situation or scenario that we're given that we're in. So and um, um, repeat, Tom, go with your gut. And if something is not right, walk away with it and be comfortable with it. Um, and it's going to be okay. So, like, definitely, like, make sure you're happy with your decision.
0: Those are all great words of wisdom. You guys, um, really, you, you stayed steadfast on your intent to invest. But I think you, um, you remain flexible. You kind of flowed with life's changes yes and um and analyzed when necessary but uh trusted your intuition when necessary also so i want to thank you guys for being on the show so much banya tom and banya also congratulations on that new job (laughs) thank you (laughs) um thanks a bunch and until next time Today's episode has been sponsored by the Kevin Kennedy team with RPM Mortgage. Kevin and his team consistently do deliver top-notch service and personal attention. Kevin meets with all of his clients in person, and he's available seven days a week to answer questions. And really, I I can testify to this. Kevin, uh, he goes the extra mile to get his clients the best rate and loan terms across the board our clients have been delighted with their loan experience. The communication and the delivery on promise is, is truly A plus with the Kevin Kennedy team. Thanks for listening today. And please check us out on Real 510 on iTunes. To find out even more, visit our website, kimcolerealestate.com. We're a boutique real estate brokerage, women-owned and team enacted with a focus on urban luxury housing. We are located in Oakland's Jack London Square, serving Oakland and the Greater Bay Area.